Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is football Friday. It's 723 in the morning. Sean Pendergast is out, but John Harris is filling in for him. And uh, this means that Brooks Cabina from the Houston Chronicle joins us. Brooks, how are you this morning? And are you amped up? Are you amped up beyond belief for the Jacksonville Jaguars to come in here and um, and take their... How many straight drubbings is this? Nine. Is it eight? I think it's nine. Uh, nine? Nine because of this year, the earlier, um, the first game of the year. So, uh, the Damian Pierce truck show, um, <laughs> that was the one, the one game you could point to and be like, Hey, look, um, that was, that was extraordinary. So I, I don't know, man, Trevor Lawrence coming into town, 14 touchdowns, one interception in the seven game stretch and the push of the playoffs. They look like a very much better team. Uh, but you know, the Texans have made a lot out of the roster that they have left with all the injuries and such. So it could be interesting. All right. So let me start there, Brooks. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. He's got a bad toe. Let's do some math here. I'll take a bad let's, toe. Let's put, it, let's put it all together here. He's got a bad toe. The game's result has no bearing on whether the Jaguars win the AFC South or not. And you're on the road, and you're going to play the AFC South Championship next week. What does that formula speak to you about what Doug Peterson might or might not do with Trevor Lawrence on Sunday? Well, if I were him, I'd try and get any advantage I can. And if he's fine, if he can play, if he can play, yeah, he plays. And then you get if, and this is a game that technically you should win. So if you get that one, you got all the more ability to go and win the division. So I, I don't see why you don't take that shot. What if the Texans just go? They say they decide to play him, and the Texans start delivering some shots early to him. You think there's a possibility Doug Peterson could pull a Mike McDaniel as he did with Tua? Tua was taking some shots. Lead? He's got a 30 nothing lead, and he takes him out. You think he might do that, do it for a half? Brady, they, the Patriots did that with Brady in 09 here. Mm-hmm. They didn't need the game. They were already in the playoffs. They couldn't change their seating. Brady started. Hoyer came in. They went back to Brady for a little bit, and then Hoyer finished. Do you think there's a possibility they could do that, getting ready for Week 18 in the Titans? Well, if you're playing the game close and you've already started Trevor Lawrence and it's still within a touchdown, right. like you're going to keep playing. Right. It's a, it, you don't pull the guy until the game's out of hand sure. at that point because then you're just saying, okay, well, game's close. Uh, we're not going to play our guy anymore. Yeah. And I don't think that many coaches would play that way, especially how Doug Peterson's been talking about how there's no 
no uh, no game that doesn't matter. Right. So if they decide to play Trevor Lawrence, he's going to play until it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, Brooks, you've got a piece in the Chronicle right now where you power rank the position groups of the AFC South, uh, and it's really interesting. It's a it's an emotional response I didn't expect to have this morning. <laughs> was getting angry over any of your power rankings of these things. Okay. And and honestly, I'm not even justified in being angry at it. And yet, uh, I love this kid so much that I find it an abomination that you've ranked Damian Pierce the third best running back in the AFC South when Jonathan Taylor is a shell of his former self. And I don't know if Derrick Henry's going to be even able to walk in 2023. Well, look, it's an entire running back room. That's what I've power ranked ah. here. So it's not it's not the one running back that you go in and say, okay, here's the group. Uh, I mean, here's here's the situation. Derrick Henry is King Henry. He's at the top right now. And I was projecting it towards the future. And in entirety, the Colts' backfield, in my opinion, was in a better position going forward than the Texans right now. I mean, Damian Pierce had a ton of carries. Um, You know, he's definitely projecting to be really good, um, but they definitely need more help. And when you looked at the disparity between him and the rest of the running backs, it's 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 dire. So uh, I I feel like that's a situation, and you, you can see in the article too, they're in best position. To better that group going forward, because Travis Etienne, um, you know, he's you know first round guy. Uh, you got Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor who are going to be up for extensions soon if they want to keep those guys. You got a fourth rounder in Damian Pierce, so that puts the Texans in position to where they're financially um, better off than the other teams to go and add at number two. So, um, I mean that I I think that when you look at the AFC South, I know Lovey Smith and other coaches have said earlier in the year like. When you look around what they're able to do, they, they want, in some ways, some divisions kind of mirror each other offensively or at least adapt each other to beat each other because they play each other twice a year. Um, and everyone seems to have at least an established back who could be a perennial 1,000-yard rusher. Um, and that we're starting to see that turn across the league. So um, I, I, I do think Damian Pierce is better than three. I think, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's been hurt this year, so his production has been better. So... Um, there you go. If, if that makes you feel any, you, you like to find something to give you some anger in the morning. So I, yeah, I do. I, I, it wakes me up. I'm no, glad. I did I that told, one for like, you. Like I, like I said, it was irrational. It was more based on me liking Damian Pierce a lot. Yeah, but I like thought it. through it. I'm like, okay, yes, uh, obviously this makes sense. And yet they are running at any given time with a running back like Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor. You know, they're just uh, they're right at the brink of falling off a cliff. So that's my that's my hope. Well, along those lines too, Seth Henry Taylor Pierce Etienne. If you just if you just ranked one through thirty two in the league, the running backs, those four are probably in the top thirteen, fourteen. And they're definitely in the upper half. I sure. mean, they're definitely in the upper half. So I mean, Damian being three behind in some sense, because that's what we're looking at when we're talking about running backs. And I think that's one of the things. And uh, Brooks, I'll ask you this question. I think it's one of the things that the Texans need to do is find that other ball carrier. I think Daria's given them some good reps at times back there. But they need to have somebody that they. Can go to. I thought Jacksonville had the right mix with Robinson and Etienne, and obviously the Jaguars didn't see it that way, mm-hmm. and they decided to go a different way. This running back class coming out of the draft is outstanding. There's a ball carrier of, and it doesn't have to be the same Damian Pierce type. Like the Titans went and got Hassan Haskins because he's the poor man's version of Derrick Henry. You don't have to get the poor man's version of Damian Pierce. You just have to get a guy that can do something when Pierce goes off the field and give you positive reps. So I ask you, of these units that you looked at. For the Texans, which one do you think undergoes the biggest renovation 
going into 2023? Offensively, defensively? Both. Well, Inside of the ball. Offensively, I think wide receiver definitely gets an overhaul um, because you really don't know right now at this situation if Brandon Cooks is going to still be with you next year. Sure. So that whole entire lineup, um, I mean, has been shuffling all year. Um, and they seem to find some consistency after a waiver pickup of Amari Rogers, but I mean, all a lot of these guys are on one-year deals, like Chris Moore. Yep. This could have a lot of of change. But one of the reasons why I feel like that position group specifically will change a lot is, um, and it's not really predictable, is because if you look at the 2023 free agent um, cycle at that position, it's it's not elite. I mean, it's it's led by names like Juju Smith-Schuster and DJ right. Chark. Right. They're not. This is not last year where you could go and find um, different guys that were available. I mean, the Jags threw uh, close to a hundred million dollars for guys right. like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Uh, and yeah, so it's not available right there. So it's I, I bring it up in the article. Is that as bad a shape situation to where the Texans have to go back and try and make amends with Cooks? And would he listen? And would they able be able to move forward? Or is this a situation where, okay, maybe you can get a mid-round pick for Cooks, maybe use that in a trade-up situation like Casario is prone to do, mm-hmm. and uh, you have Nico Collins back, and then remember John Mechie has been out this year battling leukemia. Yep. He's expected to be back. And then you find another one in the draft. Maybe that first overall pick goes to a quarterback, and then I, I remember last year how those three picks right in a row – with wide receiver, wide receiver, yep. wide receiver, seem to move the Texans back yep. to 15 where they pick Kenyon Green. Maybe that's another slot where you can pick up another uh, wide receiver. So I think that definitely, when you look at how the offense has been able to open up, hasn't been able to open up throughout the year, that's a position that I think they definitely want to address and, and could look very different when we um, look at this team next year. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been trying to evaluate my feelings about Brandon Cooks because – I look, Laramie Tunsil is a perfect example of a guy that seemed like him and the organization might be at odds or there was drama there or they were headed for um, some kind of a, a parting of the ways. And now he's like the favorite dude on the team. Yeah. Uh, so things can change a lot with Brandon Cooks. How realistic is it if you like if you if you would even speculate percentage chance that actually Brandon Cooks and the team will be. A-OK and on the same page by March next year? I think it's more likely than not that he's not with the Texans. Um, even after uh, his game-winning touchdown catch, he tweeted out almost immediately after the game, still here with kind of a smirk emoji. And, you know, I went and talked to him. I said, so, you know, what does that mean? And it was very much game-oriented. Hey, I'm out here with my teammates, and I'm glad we got a win. I like to battle with them every chance I get. It did not project to like oh now I've suddenly felt a lot better about my situation um, yeah I yeah. think he's still leaving the door open for all the possibilities that come up and a lot of that also has to do with how does this whole team end up once the season's over I mean we could see an entire offensive staff overhaul and that could also dictate how players feel and especially Brandon Cooks who would then maybe I don't know I'm not I'm just throwing things out there if you're looking at the less likely than not situation can they bring in a coach that would excite him, um, would excite the rest of the team? Um, I, 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 still think, uh, I still think it's more likely that they're probably going to try and acquire some more uh, picks with him, uh, try and, try and uh, move on because they, you know, it's, it's, 
he's getting into the scenario where um, you know it, it, I was looking at some of the cap hits for the next couple of years. Ooh. I mean, he's going to grow eventually to twenty four million. Yeah. Um, and is that a player that you have confidence in? Not only you know is he bought in, but at thirty one, is he going to be as productive at that time period? And if you have a chance to move on and maybe refresh the deck here before things start. Before you start allocating money to other players, I mean, yeah. Laramie Tunsil's made it clear how much money he wants to make. Yeah. Um, but I think, I but think it's going to be. But with Laramie, you're still getting you're getting Pro Bowl, All Pro type play from him. Now, he's been a Pro Bowler for three years. You've gotten that play from Laramie, so sure. And it's a position at left tackle where you feel okay. That's priority position. I know a lot of people out there think, well, wide receiver is now. Look at all the great teams they've got. They've got a guy, but. There's so many wide receivers that are coming from the college ranks that you could take a shot on, whether it's first round. People will tell you that this this receiver draft, they'll sit there and tell you, oh, it's not great. Yeah, there's no Jamar Chase. And there's probably not even a Drake London or maybe not even a Chris Olave. But there are a couple of really good receivers in this draft, and there's depth at that receiver position that you can get better at going forward. Brooks, I want to ask you about how the Texans have played the last three or four weeks they get the win last week against Tennessee, played really well against Dallas and Kansas City, but fell short, I should say, really well. They played mm-hmm. well enough to win those games, but couldn't beat double-digit win teams. How do you feel about this team now, going into Week 17, versus how you felt middle of the season from a in-the-moment immediate standpoint and building for the future standpoint? I think they've made things a lot more confusing and maybe a little bit more difficult than they need to be Yeah, because even though that they're playing better, it's not a team that you expect to win consistently. So let's take Davis Mills, for example. Um, no one had a lower EPA, which is kind of a stat that shows how much plays affect how you were able to score, than Davis Mills in his first series of starts at a certain snap level, with basically by starters in the league. The last three games, he's played in the top ten. But he's also turned the ball over. He's right. also coughed up the ball at the goal line. He's also missed some throws. He's also looked uncomfortable right. at times. But... The Texans have seemed to appreciate players who put them in position to win and control the ball offensively. So then, does that then complicate, kind of like last year, where Mills put on kind of a show towards the end and earned some confidence going to next year, does this now set up, okay, now the Texans have a little more confidence in their quarterback and maybe um, don't have to go and pick Bryce Young, number one overall. Maybe they go somewhere else. I think there, I feel kind of that way in a microcosm about the rest of it. Take Obo Okoronkwo, right? Yep. I mean, he's been playing outstanding yep. the past four or five weeks, ever, really, since they started him. Yep. So, at since that the time, Giants game, week nine, that was the game to me where he really popped in that Giants game. Like, wow, 45 yeah. is making some plays. And, I mean, obviously, teams like the Jaguars have said, you know what? It doesn't matter how many times you pick a first-round edge rush. You can never have too many of them. Yeah. But at that point, too, does his play also affect how you use that number one overall pick? And is the defense significantly better? Okay, Derrick Henry didn't rush for 200 yards on you, but he got pretty close to 140 in a 48-yard touchdown run. I mean, how much the rest of this team actually is playing up, and is there does this then give you more confidence if you're Cal McNair, Nick Casario, to say, you know what, when given more players, this scheme offensively or defensively could work. I mean, in some ways, um, you you'd had clarity in the middle of the season. Where yeah. You're like, okay, now it's it, we've we've seen. Where, where this needs to go, we just need to reshuffle the deck here, get a new coach in, get a, get use those picks, those uh, situations to get better. And, I mean, 
when you look, I, I think the Texans are going to be in a situation where Casario's a frugal guy when it comes to money anyway. But when you start seeing players clamoring for money, I think a lot of that can evaporate pretty quickly. Um, you look at how much money the Jaguars spent last year, close to a billion dollars to Ugh. get all these players. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's top heavy. They played it. They they paid a, you know a competitive tax to get two wide receivers yep. at a hundred million dollars, and then uh, a couple of linebackers that cost almost as much. So you know, I was just doing some calculations. If you know Laramie Tunsil was going to reset the market, I mean, let's say like he was making it at at least twenty five million. He's making twenty three right. million. So that's two million more. He's probably going to want to make more than that. But you go up to 2024, and then you look down the line, they only got 21 players under contract if you re-sign him. And I'm looking at over the cap, which is great. Right. I like using their little calculations there. You still have to sign 30 more players, sure. and you've only got $5 million on average to go. So who are you going to really source toward? And that position, too, is interesting because you have both him and Titus Howard yep. making top-of-the-line money in 2023, and then that can affect how you draft the next two years. So there's... I feel like there's still a lot of questions, but it may be more complicated because now you might have more confidence in some players that you didn't, yeah. and maybe it would better, was better off when you didn't. Yeah. So now you've got some tough calls. All right. Hey, Brooks Cabina from Houston Chronicle. Brooks, uh, look forward to reading your stuff this weekend. I know you've got a piece about the, uh, the Texans Nutrition Department coming up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.